If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. We've got Jenny Solomon on today to talk about the Brumbies and the Brumbies in Snowy River. But before we get started, I'd just like to remind you about the values of horse welfare and safety and how they're of utmost importance when humans have any interaction with horses, which is particularly important today. This is um, why within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. And we only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers in all our courses at International Horse College. So give us a ring, talk to our friendly staff. Our registered training organisation number is 31352 and you'll find us at internationalhorsecollege.com. Now, Jenny, we talked about horse welfare and I think that's very important today, but we're going to sort of talk a little bit about you to get started. What's your favourite quote? Well, the quote that I've pretty much lived by is give the hardest job to the laziest person. They find the easiest way of doing it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> More oh. of it, most things, I like to bring humour into most things. Um, okay. And, yeah, you've got to go at it the easy way. You don't do things twice. You want to get the job done and get it done properly. I got the first bit good, the hardest job to the laziest person. And what is it they usually find the best, the quickest way to get it done? They find the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. Easiest way to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Jen, we are going to talk about the Brumbies today. And normally I'd say about how did you start with horses, but how did you start with the Brumbies? What brought you to the Snowy Mountains? Have you always lived there? And what, you know, just tell us a little bit more about how you got started. Well, my first trip down to the Snowy Mountains was probably about 40 years ago. I'm in the 60s now. Okay. And I had horses up in Sydney, um, lived in the Sutherland Shire of Sydney. And um, I saw an ad for a ride in the National Park and I thought it'll be pretty good because I lived near the Royal National Park in Sydney. We couldn't ride our horses through there. So I jumped on it and came down and I actually hired a horse from one of the riding establishments down here. Um, it was easier than carting the, the barrel racer down from Sydney. And um, the horse was much better to ride than a barrel racer for 18 seconds. So we went on a nice trail ride up through oh, Curringo, um, the northern part of the park, Tantangra Reservoir. And it was a birthday celebration for the National Parks. And there was quite a few park rangers on the ride. And they had an excellent knowledge. And, yeah, we saw a few Brumbies, which I'd never seen before. Didn't really know they existed much. And um, that was all around the Tantangra Dam area, the northern part. So after enjoying that ride so much, uh, it was a few years and I moved down to Canberra for work, brought my horses down, and always intended on getting back up there riding again, but wasn't in that sort of mix of people. Um, then I moved to Cooma, and now it's a day trip for me to just go up the mountains, go for a drive, sit there, observe the Brumbies, and quite a few of my friends that I photograph in my um, other world uh, camp up there as well, take their horse slates up there. And, yeah, it's just 
an awesome way. Everybody gets something different out of it. Some people rock right up there now. I wish I still could. And mostly I go up there in my caravan camp with like-minded people. Some of them take their horses up there. They go out and, yeah, and then I go out for a drive and, and get photos of the Brumbies, take people with me who haven't been up there before. They might have come down with the horse riders. And, yeah, we go for drives and just sit and watch them. So taking all the photos of the Brumbies, you get to know them individually with the photos and then going back over the photos or do you sort of get to know the families or even just the genes of the Brumbies, you know? Tell me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah. Much, much like my photographs when I photograph at a horse event, when you go home you see more in, mm. when you're editing the pictures and it's the same with the Brumbies. You'll think, oh, I didn't notice that fella. You see more when you get them back too, you know, after you've been and competed and picked up your photos and then you yeah. see more when you pick them up and go, oh, did I really do that over that jump? Or did I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to see what you see. Yeah. yeah. And a particularly yeah. funny um, uh, thing with the girls' barrel racing is they quite often pop their shirts. So they don't think it's so bad. But when they see that, I send them the photos and they don't make the website, of course. Mm. Um, and, yeah, send them off to one and say, oh, look what happened while you were going around this drum and maybe their bit wasn't in the right place or their hands or anything like that. And they learn a lot from those photos. Yep. They learn yep. a lot from the memories. So, And that's what I aim to do. And the same with the Brumbies. Well, uh, the numbers, they are trapping them up the mountains, taking out quite a few. And, yeah, I hope that in the years to come that, um, yeah, I'll have pictures of Brumbies that people have taken and rehomed and they can go back and see photos of them in the wild. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the management of the Brumbies because I think on one end of the scale you've got one lot of people saying let all the Brumbies just go free and on the other end of the scale you've got people talking about aerial shooting and bringing that back. Tell us about the management, what you know about that. Well, that's, that's a fairly long story. There's yeah. um, Brumby people on one end of the, the fence. Well, I'm on the fence, but there's one on the one end that don't want any Brumbies to be trapped or um, certainly not aerial shot or ground shot. They want them all to stay in the park and and live as a happy family. Is that any good, though? Because, you know, I'm just thinking, no, look, well, you, get, you get people with horses and they say, oh, I love horses and, oh, I love that one. He just looked at me a certain way and I had to buy him and I had to buy him. And they have so many, then they can't manage them. Yeah. Then they haven't got the money to manage them. It ends up an RSPCA case. You know, overpopulation yeah. of horses is a management issue. It absolutely is. I mean, up the mountains, you have a stallion that's in charge of a herd. The mayor sometimes takes control as well. You have some head mares. Then you have a few mares who foal. Well, obviously, they're going to foal half stallions, half mares. So mm. the stallions band together and form bachelor groups and... Mm-hmm go off on their own way, but you usually find them on the outskirts of a mob hoping to pick off one of the females. When the, the females are born, they might get driven out of the herd and then they'll pick them up and fight over them and form their own mobs. The wild is a dangerous place. And the bachelor mobs, I feel, um, should be removed for their own health, I guess. And, you know, the younger they do it, the better, because they um, would then be able to be gelded and, and made into either paddock kits or um, horses to work, you know. So how should the uh, bachelor mobs be removed? And also what's happened in the past with them? Yeah, I'm no expert, but generally they will passive trap them. 
yep. the northern part. Now, I'm only talking about the northern part, which is about 200,000 square kilometres, mm-hmm. quite a large area. And they will passive trap them, take them out. Um, rehomers can get registered with the national parks, go down and pick them up. You've got to take five at once. You've got to prove to the park that you've got high fences and be able to handle them, you know, and be horsemen. And then they'll, yeah, remove them from the park. But you start taking out half a family, that throws the mobs out up there. So, you know, it really needs to be done in a proper management way to make sure you're only taking, like, the bachelors out. Okay. Or if there's too many mares up there in an area. When you get too many in the one area, it throws the mobs out. So, yeah, and you go up there one, I might go up there one time, and it'll be a different stallion the next time that's got control of those mares. Some of the mares might have gone across to another mob. So it's not a happy family from the day they're born till the day they die. Mm-hmm. They might go through different mobs, and the more Brumbies you've got up there, the more difficult it is for the stallion to fight other stallions off and keep his mob safe. They have their distancing rules, and if mob comes too close, they will fight and, and send the others on their way. But when there's too many in an area, that's when the problems happen. Um, it happens in some areas, but I don't think there's too many Brumbies in the park, personally. Um, they can all live up there you know, reasonably happily, but they, they do have to be managed. There's no doubt about it. They do have to come to a proper camp and work out some. So how many are there? Because, you know, there's been a lot of dispute about the numbers. The numbers have been just amazing, the amount. And, and then you think, but horses just don't, you know, talking, looking at old figures and then coming up with new ones and horses just don't breed that fast. And there's always the, you know, the odd horse. Well, that gets... that's right. Yeah. The, the distance sampling is in question and that's what the the methodology that's used. Now, I used their own numbers that they provided from 2014. They said there was three and a half, about 3,200 in the park. Yeah. Um, I don't believe there was that many. I think there was there was around 2,000 and that they remained fairly static. Um, then 2019, they reckon there was 19,000 in the park from their distance sampling. And they seem to add the 2014 together with the 2019 numbers and come up with that. Now, if you have 3,200 Brumbies in the park, even if they bred at 20%, because you've got to remember 50% of stallions, mm. um, if they bred at 20%, you'd only have the sort of six or 7,000 at the end. And there's not six or 7,000 up there. So even with their numbers, they're yep. incorrect. So they've got to come up with a proper count. None of this distance sampling business. You talk about the distance sampling. How's that actually done? Well, that's, I've been having a look at it quite a bit. They will draw a big square paddock, we'll yep. say, and then they will draw uh, transient lines, transects, I think they call them, in a strip. And if there's, they count mobs of 20. And then if it, it works well, if there's at least 60 mobs of 20, which they haven't found in the park, so it's never going to work anyway, if that makes sense. Yep. So they get the mob of 20 and they put the dot in the transit. That might be, say, a kilometre wide and they'll fly the planes over and they'll do the transects. Then they'll multiply that out by the, say, 10 kilometres next to it where they didn't fly and that's how they get their numbers. Now, I was up there on Sunday and there was a mob of 20 standing there. There was no Brumbies within, I would say, five kilometres one direction, three kilometres the other. 
Yet, if they were in the transect when they flew over the top, they would multiply that 20 out by the eight kilometres. What, multiply 20 by eight? Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's where they get their inflated numbers because they're counting, I think it's made for counting animals on the plains, whereas Brumbies are more of a mob type. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have enough mobs to do it properly. They do say that they need 60 mobs of 20 to do it properly. And they haven't had that in the count from national parks. I don't know whether the national parks fly over and do the count. They do a true count. They send it off to the uh, people. Um, I think it's Dr. Cairns at the University of New England. I don't think he's ever been to the National Park. And then he does his calculations and comes up with these inflated figures. Now, it doesn't take much to work out. 2,000 square kilometres up there. There's a lot of that land that Brumbies just never go in. Bushland, hard going. They, They tend to hang around the plains. So if you count them on the plains and multiply it out through the bush, you're never going to get the right number. Scott, I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine... Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. So if there were 19,000 Brumbies on the plains, what sort of changes would you see to the feed available, the tracking, the erosion? Well, yeah, there wouldn't be any feed up there. 19,000, well, they say, I think in the northern part, well, they they, they did say 2019 there was 19,000. If you divide that by 2,000 square kilometres, what do you come up with? Have you got a calculator handy? No, but um, I'm sure yeah. you would have worked it out. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, no, I just thought 19,000 in 2,000 square kilometres. I think it worked out at about three Brumbies per square kilometre or something. Mm-hmm. Well, that means that when I'm driving across the plains, I should be able to see 60 or 80 all day, every day. Yep, 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 okay. And then there's so many plains up there. And then they wouldn't, they're only in the trees when the snow's coming down. If I go up the mountains and drive across the plains and don't see any brumbies, I know there's some bad weather coming or it's hot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll look for brumbies early morning, late afternoon in the summer and middle of the day during the winter. Okay. So to control this, the supposed 19,000 that are supposed, how would they do that? Because they talk about changing their plan. Well, that's where they want to bring the aerial shooting in because they need to get rid of they need to get down to a level of 3,000 mm-hmm. in 32% of the park. That's the whole park, that's 6,000 square kilometres. So they're looking at getting rid of this. They're claiming that they need to get rid of 6,000 Brumbies per year and they can't do it by passive trapping. So the only other way is to aerial shoot. Well, my query about that is, well, what are you going to do with, not, not that there's 6,000 up there, 
to be killed the first year. What are you going to do with 3,000 tonnes of horse meat? It's mm. an environmental disaster. But they don't seem to think about that. They say the horses are an environmental disaster, yet they don't think what's going to happen with all the carcasses when they shoot them en masse. Okay. They're not going to shoot a couple a day, and there's not enough dingoes up there to take them. So they're making their own environmental disaster, but I'm confident there's not 19,000, so there won't be the issue of that. I understand from an environmental disaster, from a horse welfare, are they that good a shot that they would, if they take a shot 100% of the time, they would get a kill shot? We're talking about a kill shot where there's a shot and the horse drops immediately dead. You know, is that possible? Mm. 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 So you've been up there a lot. You know, you, you know the Brumbies, you yeah. know the land, you know the numbers. What do you think the solution is? Getting a true count, mm-hmm. finding out exactly how many there is up there. I don't see any Brumby damage in my travels up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all man-made, either from for recreation, like down the, towards the south end, through the middle. You know, you've got your ski fields. I don't have any problem with that. No Brumbies there anyway. And we've got to have recreation. People, have, That's what national parks are for. You don't. I don't love to see them just locked up and everything. Um, people aren't allowed in there. Um, I need a vehicle to get around. I don't do the bushwalking thing anymore. And... Yeah, and all I see is man-made damage up there. And the Brumbies, because they're inquisitive creatures hanging around like the dam, Karingo's the prime spot that they seem to take the politicians to and say, oh, look at all this Brumby damage. Well, no, it's not. They drop the dam down to 20% at Christmas time each year so that people um, can use the area for recreation, for fishing. A lot of fishermen up there, campers. So they drop the dam down to 20%, Tantangara. Well, that's low tide. And the Brumbies come in to have a drink of water and they say, oh, they're mucking up the the ground. Well, they're not. It's a low tide. There's a low tide on Blowering Dam too when it goes down for whatever reason. And then people jump in there with their boats and no Brumbies are Blowering and it's exactly the same damage. Mm. So it's not the Brumbies doing the damage and the erosion. I've got pictures of um, Tantangra Dam way back when it first got made a dam, which is when I came down. And it drops, and yeah, the banks were high, and now the banks are lower. But there's a lot of fishermen scarpering around there as well. Mm. So the landscape's changing because of man and recreation and essential services, like Snowy 2 with the power lines through. They've got to have roads through so they can maintain those power lines. And not that I'm against it, we've got to have power, and that's why I call them essential services. So if we got a true count of the Brumbies... And we, we want to know what the true damage is, you know, like not just one spot where they've lowered the water, but the true damage throughout the park and got a true count. Just say there was too many. Just say they were doing a bit of damage and they said, well, we, we want to lower the count. What's the best way to lower the count of the Brumbies? Well, I believe passive trapping. Yeah. Okay, so passive trapping. Just tell us a little bit about that. Now, the passive trapping is the place where where they put the trap sites, yep. and that's about the first place I go to when I'm up there photographing them because that's where they're hanging. That's where the brumbies are hanging around. I've always done that. 
I don't photograph the traps. I'm not interested in them at all in the slightest. I just turn the back to the traps and take photos with brumbies that are milling around waiting for the, the hay or the molasses or whatever the, the parks bring in. Now, they put traps out, high panels, and get the brumbies used to going into the panels. Well, first of all, they'll usually put them in a site and they'll grade it and put gravel down, road base or whatever, then start bringing the brumbies to that point with the molasses. Then they put the panels up, get them used to going in and out of the yards without being scared of the panel, and then they'll put a tripwire. When they're ready to trap them, they'll put a tripwire up, and when the brumbies go in, they will snag the tripwire and be trapped in there. Then they'll come along with their crates uh, the next day and put them on the crates, take them down the blower into the holding yards. The sad thing about it is that they shouldn't really, for a humaneness, be trapping heavily mares, heavily pregnant mares, or mares with foals at foot, because sometimes the foals are on the outside. That's a big, heavy gate to slam shut, mm. and there's no doubt accidents there. Um, and the national parks have to euthanize them on site. And it's not a perfect science. It really isn't a perfect science. But at the end of the day, it's better than them being shot and left to to rot because they're going to shoot mares and have foals still running around. And that's yeah. yeah, that's that's not good at all. They, I think, they do try and let the mares and foals go, but once you get them running down a chute, you could imagine what it's like trying to separate them. Sure. And that's sure. where you know accidents happen again. And it, yeah, it, it is tragic. Um, in the past, they're doing the best job they can, um, but way better than ground shooting or aerial shooting. Mm, mm, I don't okay. think that should be, it should not be an option at all. I don't think there's that many Brumbies up there that they can't hand, once they get the proper number, then passive track them. Okay, okay. And then is there the opportunity, I think, did we talk earlier about um, horses being available to experienced people, five at a time? Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's on the national park website. They've got their requirements, and you can apply for um, permission to come down and get them. Yep. And then you're on the list. Um, there have been some factions that are against rehoming. They're saying, "Well, while you're taking them, they'll keep trapping them." I don't believe that to be true. So a lot of the rehomers kind of went underground. They didn't want their details public. So there are a lot of rehomers that contact parks when they can take them. Um, and they do a marvellous job, fundraise for themselves and get them, you know, a lot of people have taken Brumbies off them just to keep in the paddock. You know, they might be old, too old to ride or or whatever. Um, they do basic handling, and which does take time, and then, yeah, find homes for them. So they've got to take at least five. Um, the Brumbies are very mob-orientated, and if you separate them, you know, they can die from stress when there's sure. just one, you know, knock themselves around because they don't know what a, any sort of fences are. And when the, generally what they'll do is when they take them home, the rehomers, pick them up, they'll put them in, I think the panels have got to be five foot high, no wire, of course, get them used to those and get them used to people around them, then let them out into a bigger yard and adapt them, get them used to electric fencing. Um, some Brumbies will just take off and just go straight over fences which is extremely dangerous. Just moving on, we understand that the passive trapping, even though it's not ideal, is still much better than shooting and allowing injured horses to just die along 
painful death or to be injured for the rest of their life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, and this is only my opinion, of course. Yeah. Um, you'll get your opinions on either side. And then you go up, then the other side of the coin is uh, the Rangers. Well, they have to euthanize them if they find any with broken legs. Mm-hmm. The Stallions have been fighting and they've got serious damage. Or if they put their foot down a rabbit hole, which is so many rabbits up there, it's not funny. Yeah, so there's so many things that are dangerous in the wild and the Rangers have to manage that at the moment. What do you think, you know, to our listeners, what's the best thing they can do? Can they complain to someone? Well, yeah, you can put in um, on a lot of websites. There's, uh, they're doing a horse inquiry, Emma Hurst. She's one of the ministers. If you had a look on her or Facebook site or website, um, she's an animal justice party. She's, uh, I think, leading a, a inquiry into all this sort of thing because animal justice parties obviously against shooting. Um, aerial shooting, and there are quite a few, quite a few petitions out there. You know, everyone's everyone is trying their bit to get the attention, but they keep on going back to this inflated count that there's like nineteen thousand up there. We got to do something about it because they're killing the natives. Okay, okay, so that's so the start of it. Is... Ma- yeah, that's the basic. So you have got to get to the politicians. Yeah, the environment minister, you know, writing emails to them. There's there's a lot of information out there to try to stop them doing what they're doing under inflated numbers. They just keep believing the inflated numbers. They won't believe that there's only a couple of thousand up there, which anyone that goes up there, I haven't heard of anyone say there's more than more than two thousand up the northern part of the park. Yep. And that's two thousand square K, so that's quite a big area. You can go up there driving and see none for days. I get a lot of people contacting me through Facebook. Oh, I'm going up there. Where will I see the Brumbies? Well, yeah. What day is it? What time is it? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the park's closed at the moment. So they're doing all their they're not they're not just shooting they're well, they're ground shooting the Brumbies, we believe. The they're doing deer and pig. They've been doing that every every winter for you know, quite a few years, and the wild dogs. So they do a lot of culling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parks. So they get contractors in, um, and for the most part, they do a good job. But what surprises me is they're so happy to release this inflated figures number and work out and tell people, make people believe the only way to get rid of them is aerial shooting because there's 19,000. The numbers of pigs and deer have never been released. Mm, okay, okay. So we don't know what we're working with. There's a fellow in Victoria um, who goes through the park and he videos. He's gone through the bogs and it was interesting. He went through a bog the other day and there was only one deer, pr- uh, one horse print. The rest of them were deer prints. Okay. So okay. they're blaming the bogs on the horses, but it's not the horses. Okay, <laughs> okay. There's no numbers released to for the um, deer no, and the pigs. No, I've, I've never seen any numbers released okay. for the deer and the pigs. And those that want all the brumbies gone, Yep. Uh, why aren't they, you know, kicking up about the deer and the pigs? Because they're doing – I've gone into campsites with my caravan yep. and there's been pig rootings mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they've started to dig up the campsite. Yep. Which – 
you know, that's that's getting in a bit close to home. I I'd hate to trip over a pig when I'm on the way to the um yeah. the toilets during the evening. Sure, sure. And ding the old dingoes are up there. I like to see dingoes. Yeah. I don't think they're in any inflated numbers and they're the only ones that are getting rid of the the carcasses of the animals that are getting shot. They don't have a carcass removal program. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. know if they do for deer and pigs. I very much doubt it. You never see them going out by the truckloads. Yeah. And that's no good for the environment. All right, Jenny, I think, you know, as a local, even though you may not ride up there now, you've certainly got a background with the Brumbies and you've you've ridden up there and you're up there regularly. Um, and I think the questions to ask are, what's the true count and what's the true damage and um, go from there. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's what um, the Brumby groups are all pushing for is yep. get a true count and then manage them. You can't manage them on inflated counts. Yeah. Otherwise, yep. they they think they've got to get rid of 6,000 when they I really don't think they have to get rid of many at all that they couldn't do it by passive traffic. You know, I could be wrong, but I'd like to see a true count done. Yep, yep they had for sure. A, um, they had a politician up in a helicopter here about two years ago, and he went over the you know, northern part of the park pretty soundly and counted 992 when there was supposed to be well over 3,000 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or 12,000 by their inflated count. So 992, and that was three people in the helicopter. They wouldn't have missed any, and I believe his count would have been right. You'd have to add a few on for those that were in the trees or maybe areas that they didn't go to, because as I said, a helicopter's pretty frightening for a, for a horse. Yep. So they've got to get that true count and then work out how they, they manage them. And okay. it's just, well, deer and pigs is total annihilation, so they don't really need a true count, but you think they would need a true count to budget, put those yes. helicopters in the sky. Yep, yep. Yeah, knowing how the government works, it all works on budgets. So true count, true count first, and then if they can fly over there and shoot them, why can't they fly over there and count them? Yes, yeah. Jenny, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I think, you know, we've got a problem there. What we're going to do is have a look for Emma Hersey, Animal Justice Party, and we also, if we can get a couple of other details about, you know, petitions and who to contact and everything else. Um, I did fill in. Yeah. There is, I think Parks has actually got a, a survey out at the moment about changing the management plan, so I'll get the link to that and encourage everyone to get yeah, on there. Sharp. yep. I've got that on my Facebook. Penny Sharp has got a link out asking for a consultation process yep. to add aerial shooting to the plan of management. Yes. But apparently, I've heard through the legal people, she can change it whenever she wants. Yeah. She's just doing that to to appease people, I guess. I've written to my local member down here, okay. Steve Wan. Yep. He's not interested. Um, he feels that they should, you know, all be aerial shot. He's not against it. So, um I've had a lot of people have meetings with him, not interested in the slightest. So, well, we remember that at the next election. He's supposed to be here for the people and that there would not be a person I've met locally here who would agree with aerial shooting. Okay, okay. And they don't certainly don't agree with the numbers. And these are people that are up there all the time, yep. up there riding around, up there driving around. Uh-huh. In their work, the main road is Tumut to Kuma and even non-horse people go across that road regularly. I know Snowy Two workers, um, they'll tell me where the Brumbies are. Yep. And they can't believe the numbers either. <laughs> oh, okay. Jenny, you know, I think it's wonderful talking to you today and um, hopefully we can get something done and 
make sure that they don't start this aerial shooting again and change the management plan and let's hope that they can just go to the trapping and, and get that refined so it becomes a bit more uh, bit more humane. And I think if people are interested in those Brumbies to contact parks and, um, you know, you might be able to rehome and retrain them and uh, do some work there. Well, that's right. On the website, on the National Parks website, there is information on how to become a rehomer and there is a list of rehomers. Okay. So the list of rehomers would be if you wanted to buy one horse, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yes. You you were interested in one. Yep. So the yep. list of rehomers yep. would be people who get the horses, experienced horse people who are going to handle them. Um, they may just handle them and teach them to lead and um, quieten them down or they may be broken in from the rehomers. Yeah, there's not a lot of rehomers do the breaking, okay. but they would certainly be able to refer you to somebody. Yep, no worries and at all. The rehomers are really to get them out of the park, get them domesticated, mm-hmm. and then you can send. There's, there's a lot of horse breakers around too that'll just take that'll take them. They're partly handled, yep, and they will break them and then train them, and they make they most of them do make fantastic um, horses. Yep, as All you right. can see on my on my uh, YouTube. Okay, and that we'll put that list of uh, your link to the YouTubes as well. We'll put that up on the on the uh, chat. So if you want to look, just go to horsechats.com. You can look for Brumbies, uh, look for Jenny Solomon or Jenny or Solomon um, or just under Brumbies or Brumby and we'll make yeah, sure that we... Um, okay, because that's yeah, your YouTube. Gentle's my business yep, name. Yep, and I'll yep. send you through some links if you like and then Perfect. you can put them on there. All right, no worries at all. Thanks very much for chatting today, Jen. And we'll chat to you a bit later. You have a wonderful day. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.